Matthew chapter 4, I think it's verse 17. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. This is hot off the press. Um, Augustine has been working on this. This is an eight series on the kingdom, what it is, what it's about, um, kind of what God's doing, where we're headed. We asked you to go through and read the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and underline what Jesus preached on, right? So if you haven't done that, we're asking you to do that. But anyways, I want to give this series to you, sister, so you can begin to start listening to that. Amen? So it's understanding the kingdom of God, more things that we're getting into. How many of you know we are coming into some information? We're coming into some revelation. We're coming into a time where we have got to rightly divide the word of God. Amen? The Bible says the word, it's the word of God, the spirit of the living God. It's the sword that will divide, you know, spirit and soul, joint and marrow. It will divide those things. So I want you to understand where we stand on a couple things because one thing I want you to know is that it's, it's up to you to search out a matter. Amen? We want you to grow. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to grow. And, and we want to be able to help in that growth. We don't want you to be where you are right now, five years from now. Amen? I mean, I don't want you, sister, to, to, to still be struggling with debt and everything else five years from now. I want you to be able to have a plan put together, go after those things, and begin to live a debt-free life. Romans thirteen eight says this, that to owe no man nothing but to love him. And I want to be able to get to that point, because how many of you know love is a really great deciding factor in our walk? Amen? And, and as a Christian, as a believer, as a son of God, as a citizen in the, king, in, the, in the kingdom of God, as an ambassador, we've got to have our love walk together. But one of the things that it was pointed out to me, and I want you to see this, I want you to look at it. Do, can you pull up Acts chapter 17? I want to just read verses 10 and 11. The brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Now these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, 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 Thessalonica. Sorry about that. For they received the word with great eagerness. And I know many of you come in here and you receive the word with great eagerness. Look at what it says. Examining the scriptures daily to see whether things were so. Well, all we're asking you to do is examine the Scriptures daily, just like they did here, to see if it was so. Amen? So you look in there and you say, you know what, is forgiveness something that I need to be operating in? And how do I operate in forgiveness? Then I suggest you get in and you look at the Scriptures on forgiveness. Amen? And Jesus was talking about the kingdom, and they came up to him and said, Hey, how many times do I forgive, you know? How many times do I forgive? He said, Seventy times seven, you know? Do I forgive seven times? No, no, you'd forgive seventy times seven. So we want you to get in and look at the Scriptures to see if it was so. Amen? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. Men, 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 men. We are studying, we'll be studying the book of Nehemiah, okay? We want you to read the entire book of Nehemiah. It's not that long, okay? 
but we want you to read that book of Nehemiah. We, guys, we want you to familiarize yourself with Nehemiah because in the fall we're going to come back in. I think it's in July I got it listed. We're going to come back in and we're going to have four different sessions that we're going to talk about Nehemiah. And I want you to be familiar with that, okay? Matthew chapter 13. Everybody there say, I'm there. Anybody not say, I'm not. I'm not. Now I'm there. This is an awesome chapter. I want you to write some things down. I will give this to you. I would suggest you maybe write it down on the inside of your Bible. How many of you have ever been taught how to study the Bible? Go ahead, hold your hands up. Don't, don't, be, a, don't be ashamed. I don't have my hand up. Okay? How many, again, have been taught to study the Bible? Okay, one, two, three... For, yeah, kind of how to study the Bible, what do we look at? Okay. Well, then this is really good because I want you guys to understand that. A lot of times we don't teach how to study the Word of God. Agree? You all agree with that? Unless you have gone to Bible school, and then in Bible school they don't necessarily teach you everything about the Word of God. And how many of you know the Word of God is so large, it's so huge, that I, no one person, no one denomination... No one, you know, one group of people can get it all figured out. Turn to your neighbor and say, they don't have it all figured out. You know, we don't. There is not one that has it all figured out. I mean, that's why we've got a lot of different things. But I want to teach you how to, how to understand. This is the art of, of interpreting Scripture. Okay? It's called hermeneutics. <laughs> say hermeneutics. hermeneutics. It's the art of interpreting, interpreting Scripture. Number one, write this down, number one, and I'll make sure that we get this, we're going to post this, is you need to ask yourself, who said it? Okay? Who said it? Who said it? There's a frog going off in the sanctuary. We've got to take dominion over those things. Who said it? Number two, to whom was it said? So number one, I'm going to ask myself, who said it? How many of you have Bibles and and in the red letters, it is Jesus that said it. So a lot of times I can look at them, Lloyd, and I can go, you know, who said it? We know that Jesus said it because it's in the red letters, okay? Number two is to whom was it said? Was it said to the disciples? Was it said to the early church? Was it said to the church in Laodicea? Was it said to the church in Thessalonica? Was it said, you know what what I'm saying? Was it said to this group of people? Was it said to believers, non-believers? Was it said to these people and not these people? Okay? So number one was, who, who said it? Number two was, to whom was it said? Number three, under what circumstances? Was it said? Okay? Under what circumstances was it said? In other words, what was happening at the time? What was going on that caused somebody to say a certain thing? You know, we were at the Mount of Olives. I mean, we were at the... um, I don't remember the name of it, Terry. We went over to Israel. And when Jesus went up onto the mountain, and and it was like a hillside, and he gave the Beatitudes, we went there and we sat down. We had communion, we had prayer, and you could see where Jesus could sit there, and he'd go, you know, a city on a hill. 
the light shouldn't be hidden. And you could actually see what he was talking about. And you could look around and you could, I could picture him sitting with the disciples when he said, come on up here and go on up. Because we had, actually we drove up to the deal, but we could look over the hill when we sat down. And it was a little bit of a hill to get up. It was a little, about kind of like Rigger Hill. You had to climb from the bottom to the top, but it wasn't as long, but maybe was as steep. Anybody know what I'm talking about, Rigger Hill? So, so Jesus told the disciples to come on up here and he began to sit down and give the Beatitudes, right? And, and I mean, a wonderful teaching that God gave us, and I was excited about when we were sitting there doing it, but when he said certain things, you could see where he would probably even point. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will inherit the kingdom of God. Or blessed is, you know, you know, I mean, he would go through this teaching, and he'd say, look, there's a city on a hill. See those lights up there on that hill right there? There's a city up there, and you can't hide that when the lights are on, because it'll show. And that's the way your light should be. That's the way your light should shine. So we need to not only know what, who said it, to whom it was said, but under what circumstances. What was going on at the time. So we're learning a lot of stuff. Because there's a time where Jesus would say certain things and he might have been at the Sea of Galilee and he was looking at the water. And he would say certain things. You remember the time when he, when he told, when, when they came up to him and they said, Hey, you, you haven't paid your taxes. And Jesus is saying, what do you think, Pete? Who should pay taxes? Now, he's a king, right? How many of you know kings don't pay taxes? Look, I'm not telling you not to pay your taxes. <laughs> I'm telling you to have honor and integrity and pay your taxes. Amen? And he says, hey, who should pay taxes? Pete, you know, king's kids or whatever? He's like, here, you know what? Why don't you go, Pete? You know, and I could see him pointing to the water. Why don't you go, throw your fishing pole out there, and the fish that you come up, pull that fish in there, and open up his mouth, and pay my tax and yours. <laughs> Are you with me? So when we look at the circumstances, we've got to really kind of put ourselves in that place of where was Jesus, what he was doing, where were the disciples, what were they were doing, and how can we understand that, Okay. So he said, to, to, to who was it said, to whom, who said it, to whom was it said, under what circumstances was it said, and the fourth one is, how did it apply to them then? How did it apply to them then? In other words, what, when he said some certain things, how many of you know you can say, oh, this is a good one, I'm not going to use that one. Um, how many of you know you can say keyboard and the young kids know what we're talking about? But how many of you know two year, 200 years ago you could say the word keyboard and they wouldn't know what you're talking about? Are you with me? So is there terminology that is being said in the first, second, and third century that we today wouldn't understand what that meant? All right, let me give you another example. The word gay. When I was a kid, a few years ago, the word gay didn't mean what it means now. Come on, somebody. Right? So, it, you know, it meant happy. In fact, I knew a lady that was gay. She, her name was gay. You know, now the kids are like, you know. And she probably wants to go change her name. But she was happy. She was joyous. Are you with me? 
So we need to understand how it applied to them then. And then the fifth thing in hermeneutics and in interpreting the art of, of Scripture is how does it apply to us now? Because how many of you know the Word of God is relevant for today? It does mean something to us today. It's not just an old stuffy history book. There is a lot of historical document that is verified and verified and verified. Okay? And it's one of the greatest history books ever written. But how does it apply to us today? All right? So you got those things, that's hermeneutics. I want you to have this. I want you to start looking at the Word of God differently. It may come out the same things what you've interpreted. You may understand it the same thing. You may understand it the same way. That's great, but take it through this grid. Now here's another thing. All right, you ready for this? And I'm almost done. I want you to look at the rule of first usage. How many of you realize that when you read the, the New Testament and you read it, then you'll begin to hear where Jesus will say something, or Paul will say something, or John will say something, or what they'll do is they will take a scripture that Isaiah said. You know what I'm talking about? That it was in Psalms, or that Daniel said. Are you with me? So a lot of times we just say, well, they're just quoting from the Old Testament. And I have done this, and I want to apologize to you because I am guilty of not going back and looking at it. So say, for instance, you have a scripture, and you see it used in the New Testament, and it's an Old Testament scripture that's quoted, right? Please, go back to Isaiah and look at it, all right? And see how it was used then. Use the same things then. And it will really bring some clarity in how it should be used in the, in the New Testament. Are you with me? Y'all get that? Say, I got it. Okay, I know this is boring stuff. But I think it's stuff that's very, very important. It's some things that I've missed some things. And I'm thinking, Lord, it was right there in the Word of God. And I missed it. So, I told you Matthew 13, right? Verse 13. Well, let's go back to verse 10. I'm going to show you an example of this. Verse 10, And the disciples came and he said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? Jesus answered them, Mine's in red now. To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it was not granted. For whoever has, to him more shall be given. And he will have an abundance. And to whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, while seeing they do not see, while hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. In the case of prophecy, which Isaiah is being filled, which says, and he goes into the whole prophecy in Isaiah. You will keep on hearing, but you will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but you will not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull. With their eyes they scarcely hear. And when they have closed their, their eyes, otherwise they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and return, and I would heal them. Now, if you're studying this scripture out, and look at verse 16. But blessed, Jesus said, but blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. 
For truly, I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see, and they do not see it, and to hear what you hear, and they don't hear it. And we can break that down and say, you know, Jesus was dealing with the disciples on, well, was it to the disciples? Verse 10 said, and the disciples came to him and said, who said it? Jesus. To whom was it said? The disciples. Are you with me? We can go through it and we can say, under what circumstances was it said? He was teaching parables. He had just got through telling of a, of a parable to those that were not disciples. And they came back and they said, we don't understand this. Can you explain this to us? So Jesus quotes Isaiah, and I would encourage you, if you're studying this out, to go back to Isaiah chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, and look at how Isaiah used it and what it means. Amen? That is called the rule of first usage. Say that. Rule of first usage. All right? There, you're gonna, it's going to blow you away when you start reading the Scriptures and you're going, oh, wait a minute, that was Psalms. Let me go back to Psalms and see what it said. Because you've got to read before it, you've got to read after it, you've got to understand the situation, what was going on, and you get that rule of first usage. Another thing that you want to understand is that the Bible will confirm itself over and over. Jesus said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and So the Bible will confirm itself. So as you're reading through scriptures and you look at that, you can say, wow, this now was quoted in Isaiah, and Isaiah said this, and this is what was happening at the time, so that I can have an understanding that for those of us to see and hear are the disciples of the Lord. How many of you know that people don't see and don't hear because they can't? And we want to go shake them. And say, get this, would you? (laughs) Why can't you see what I see? Why can't you hear what I hear? Well, maybe you need to look at that. And then maybe you need to go back and look at Isaiah. So I want to give those things to you as we continue to study the Word of God, as you look at the Word of God, as you understand. I want your eyes to be open. I want your heart to be open. And I want you to receive everything that God has for you. Now, I just touched a little bit on that Matthew chapter 13, but I want to encourage you to continue to read through Matthew chapter 13 and say, I got ears to hear, eyes to see, my heart is going to be opened. Then you see where Jesus turns around and he starts talking about the parable of the sower. And he explains the sower and the seed. And and then he comes back and it wasn't just seed, was it? It was the Word of God that he was talking about. See, a lot of us will say, you know, we'll take that and we can use that to put an actual seed in the ground and it will create a harvest. But when you go back and you look at the Bible and how it was explained and what was said, you can actually see he was talking about good and evil people. Are you with me? Believers and non-believers. Come on, somebody. He was talking about those things, and he was talking about the Word of God that's going to land on fertile soil. It's going to produce a harvest, and the Word of God's going to get choked out, and the Word of God's going to land on, on rocky soil, and the sun's going to come down and scorch it, and it's not going to produce. And you can see that within people's lives. See, the enemy wants to steal what you begin to learn and what you begin to grow in. See, it's the Word of God that he's after. See, the Word of God changes things. And today, it's, it, it's been great in the, in, in, the, in, the, in the presence of the Lord today, but as you read throughout this week, it's the Word that He's going to come after. So when you read the Scriptures and it says that you are a son of God, He's going to come after that. 
And you say, did he really say you're a son of God? Because you're just a worm. Yeah? See what I'm getting at? When he says that you are a friend of God, is God really your friend? He's going to come after that word and say, did God really say? That's what he did with Eve in the garden. Did God really say? The accuser of the brethren is going to come after that, and he's going to come after that word that you've got. So you got. So a lot of times we, we seal that word. God seal that word to us. Encapsulate that word. Don't let that word, don't let the enemy get to that word. Because when you understand who you really are in God, and you understand what you really can do, and we've been talking about the kingdom and taking dominion and having authority in the earth realm. And we go back to rule of first usage. We can go back into Genesis one twenty six and see that we're supposed to have dominion. So you don't have it yet. But three years from now, you're going to be taking dominion and those things will not rule over you. You will rule over them. Can I get an amen on that? I mean, you may not understand it right now. You may not got your mind wrapped around it right now. But I want you to do what it says in Acts and search it out. Look at it. When somebody challenged me and says, I want you to look at how many times the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is in the New Testament. And what did Jesus preach? I said, he preached the gospel of Christ. And I was told that wasn't true. And I looked at the kingdom and he preached the gospel, which is what? Good news, right? Good news of the over and over again. I said, something's wrong with my glasses. Are you with me? But I didn't really use the hermeneutics. I didn't use the rule of first usage. And I did not use where the Bible will confirm itself. Amen? We prayed for everybody today. How you guys doing? Good. Yeah, you feeling better today? You feeling lighter? Isn't it amazing how the burdens can be removed and the yokes can be destroyed when you just get in the presence of God and you allow God to speak to you? Amen? And you can hear God just uh, every day of the week. You just don't need to just hear God on Sunday or Wednesday. How many of you realize that we want you to be able to enjoy your relationship with God? We want you to be able to have some fun with God. So I want to share with you one thing. We talked about going in a new direction, getting a, 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 a new, some new things taking place. And we were talking about, Tatum, I want that word. If you got that, I really would like to have that. Okay, that re that just confirms somebody came up to us and gave us a word about the re things, and we're going to go back through and do a study on the re, and you just did some of that for us. Thank you for that. Praise God for that. But I, I, there was a taxi cab driver, and this guy came up, and he got in this taxi cab, and, um, and he said, I'm going to go to this address. And the address, the taxi cab driver, you know, started taking him to that address. And all of a sudden, the man in the back seat reached up and he touched the taxi cab driver on the shoulder. And the taxi cab driver, yeah! And he lost control of the vehicle. He ran off the curb and he came inches from smashing a plate glass window in a shop. As the vehicle came to a rest, the taxi cab driver was... And the guy in the back seat said, Listen, I, I am sorry. I, I didn't mean to startle you. He said, no, no, it's not your fault. He said, today's my first day on the job, and for the last 25 years I've been driving a hearse. (laughs) Do y'all get it now? Some of you will get it on the way home. Amen? 
when we're talking about new things, I thought, God, that's kind of a really weird way to think about that. But that taxi cab driver was in a new experience. Are you with me? And wasn't anticipating what would happen. So there are some new things that we are going through. Amen? That we're walking into this year and in the upcoming years. That how many of you know, I don't want you to be startled like the taxi cab driver. Amen? That, it, that we walk into it and we just allow God to do it. Amen? Because how many of you know, the, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by Him. Amen? And through Him. So it's really all about Jesus. So I'm going to challenge you today, this afternoon, tomorrow, love somebody. Show them the love of God. Even if they don't look good, don't smell good, but show them the love of God. I want you to do something for somebody this week. Just listen to the Spirit of God, and He'll tell you. It can be a little thing from opening the door to, to you know, sowing seed financially into somebody's life to mowing somebody's lawn, to just saying, you know what, I'm sorry you've really had a bad day, can I pray for you? And that person might just break down in tears and say, that's what I've been wanting, is somebody to pray for me. Let but God be God in your life this week. I want you to show the love of Christ. Don't expect anything in return. And when you do that, watch and see how God will begin to change your heart. Amen? All right, let's... let's, let's